0: Hey, this is Tim Eccles. A lot of you celebrated Earth Day on Thursday, but my co-host Casey Boyce kind of celebrates
3: every day, don't you, Casey? Well, some days more than others, but yes, we uh, we try to live pretty sustainably over here in Decatur.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's about stewardship uh, as an evangelical, and we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the segment. But I thought, Casey, that uh, as this is kind of Earth Month, uh, that, that we could give our listeners some ideas on things that they could do to just live a more sustainable life, uh, so I know you've got a you've got a whole list. I do too. Let me get started. And you know, water you know is um, a big issue these days. Whether it's fighting over the Chattahoochee or the Apalachicola Bay, uh, there's there's water issues that are around regarding cleanliness of water or, or or wasting water. And so my first thing today, Casey, is is rainwater collection. DNR Department of Natural Resources will help you make your own rain barrel you can connect it to your gutter and you can water uh, flowers and parts of your lawn with it so it's a great way to just begin doing something
3: small and it'll only cost you 25 dollars I love it. And we collect rain at our house and it's uh, it's great for watering the garden and things like that. Um, so I, I'm going to stick with the uh, the houses here and say, you know, folks uh, who have listened for a long time to the show have heard uh, you and I talk about this. But go get an energy audit. Uh, there are online audits that are available through your energy utility. Uh, There's cheap, free quick and easy, help you prioritize where to spend your money. And, you know, once you've gotten vaccinated, uh, you know, it may be worthwhile having a professional come in and do an on-site energy audit and really help you understand what kind of upgrades you need to make to your house to save energy. Uh, and most importantly, to be more comfortable in your home. Yeah, I'm helping uh,
0: the Fresh Air Children's Camp down at Tybee Island with an energy audit. It was just completed, and I'll be touring their facility soon and trying to help them get some insulation. Turns out there's no insulation in the building at all, built in the 1920s, and it's really going to make a difference in their bill. My second one, Casey, is is grocery bag reuse or using a cloth bag or you know some kind of synthetic bag companies give these things away all the time i mean probably half of our listeners have have got a batch of them sitting somewhere and it's just a matter of making it easy casey i throw them in my trunk and when i get to the grocery store if i remember sometimes i don't remember but if i remember i'll grab a handful of them out and i'll go in and it's just you know a point of pride for me trying to be you know to, to to be a good
3: steward Yeah. And, you know, if you end up with uh, some of those plastic bags, you forget your reusable bags or anything like that. Most grocery stores have a plastic bag recycling bin out front. So you can take those old bags back and not have to put them in the trash. Um, On that note, uh, you know, every community uh, across the state or many of them have home recycling programs, but the specifics of what you can recycle really vary over time. Market conditions change and, you know, the recycling vendors change and things like that. So if you haven't for a while, while, go check out your city or your county's uh, solid waste website and figure out what can be recycled and make sure that you're not putting things in your recycling that can't be recycled. Because oftentimes, you know, if you get things in there that that can't be recycled, the whole kit and caboodle goes to the landfill.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. And, you know, it's, it's- It's cool some of the things they make out of recycled items, you know, whether it's another water bottle or whether it's a a park bench or a picnic table or even boards, Casey, for like a deck or a a porch. It's it's, it's really neat. My next one is uh, get a used EV. If you've got two cars, consider a used electric vehicle. And our sponsor, BMW, loans these cars to people for three days. So you can go down there, show them your driver's license, show them your insurance card. Borrow this car for three days, learn how to charge it. They'll show you how to connect it and, and, and show you the app where you can find the chargers and uh, help you establish a, a, a charge account with, with those places. And you can just experiment and try it, Casey. I mean, that's, that's the best way to get started is just to borrow
3: it. Absolutely. And, you know, I would highly encourage all of our listeners when you're ready to buy your next car, at least drive an EV and check out BMW and that loaner program, Tim, that you described. It's a great way to get a sense of of how they fit in your lives. If you already have an EV. Go ahead and charge that car overnight. Most EVs have a built-in timer that let you set, you know, midnight to 6 a.m. or 11 to 7. Um, you might be able to save some money. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But that will help reduce the strain on the grid and uh, and use clean energy to get your, your EV charged up.
0: My next one, Casey, is going to sound simple but it's just picking up the litter of other people when you have an opportunity to to do that i know when i'm walking on the beach i pick up stuff today i stopped my car uh in the turning lane which is probably not the safest thing in the world but i stopped my car because there was a there was a piece of debris sitting there and i didn't want anybody else to hit it so uh, i i picked it up put it in my car and i'll either i'll either put it in the recycle bin it's actually plastic it can be recycled but casey if i'm driving along on the interstate you can call 511 if you see a a, like an old tire tread or something like that you can call 511 and hit the number one and get in touch with those hero units and those hero units will come out and be able to pick it up safely because they've got the proper lights and can get a police
3: car to come with them because you don't want to do what I just did today on the interstate. Yeah, that's great to know. I I did not know that great, great tip. I'm gonna stick with the transportation theme here. And we talked about EVs, but I'd also encourage folks get an e-bike or try it out. There are a lot of e-bikes out there. These are our regular bicycles. They've got a small battery and an electric motor assist, and they're a lot of fun to, to ride around. Um, the days of arriving sweaty somewhere or you know huffing and puffing up hills are are gone with e-bikes and you know some people have found that when they get an e-bike they can even replace one of their cars because they can do so much on an e-bike that they used to use their car for so go check those out
0: yeah i'll pop some uh, video of me riding an e-bike uh, got to be careful. Need a little training. You can hurt yourself. Although they've got more power than you would think. My next one is, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, Casey Boyce, my co-host and I, are talking about Earth Day ideas for not birthday Earth Day ideas that you can try with your family uh, and and teach your kids, you know, to be more responsible. Uh, my last one was picking up litter, and certainly. <laughs> We don't need to just leave that up to the government or leave that up to the the trash truck um we need to be responsible for our surroundings um my next one is cooking outside kc i'm a big guy on the grill but not for why you might think I, I love the taste of food out there but it also keeps the heat
3: out of my house and keeps the ac from cutting on as much nice and I'm, i'll stick with the food uh, theme here and suggest folks you know if, if you're eating uh, meat with every meal uh, try to cut back a little bit. You could do like a meatless Mondays kind of thing. Um, you could also experiment. There's some great meat alternatives out there like the Beyond Burger or Impossible uh, Foods. Um, you know, just just try something else. I'm not saying you have to stop eating meat entirely, but uh, it's got a, a pretty significant environmental footprint. And uh, you may be surprised with the uh, the alternatives and, and you know, uh, what it's like to have a, a nice meat, meatless meal once a week or, or twice or three times. Lord knows I need to eat more salad and lose some weight. That's for there sure. There you go. <laughs> Casey. Uh, my next one is
0: considering a, pre, a, consider a prepay rate or a time of use rate. Casey, we're seeing that people on the prepay rate are saving about 11% over against what they were doing before they went on the prepay rate, and it it's the magic of getting a text every day about how much energy you're consuming. It's, it's amazing what that communication does to you. And it just makes you think to turn the light out, to change
3: that temperature when you're leaving. So it's a, it's a cool thing. That's great. Uh, you know, one other thing that uh, you can think about related to to rates and utility programs is going solar. Uh, so you can certainly put solar on your rooftop. Uh, there are solarized programs that are kind of grouped by discount programs that are happening around the state that will help you reduce your cost. But there are also community solar programs through your utility where you can buy a panel or panels at a large uh, solar farm. So Georgia Powers Program, they have these large solar farms in Athens Augusta and Savannah, that are available for folks to purchase. And Georgia Power also has what they call a simple solar program, which is a kilowatt per uh, kilowatt hour per kilowatt hour offset of your usage through solar. Um, so there's a couple of different programs. EMCs have a number of these kinds of programs as well. Um, but check it out if you're interested.
0: Uh, my last one is auto dimming light switches. And I know our parking garage at the state has this. So if no one's there and I'm the first one in, those lights start turning on as my car is coming down. Yeah. And that wow, those and they're LED too, by the way. So that saves the state a ton of money.
3: Well, I mean, you just uh, served me up a softball here for my last one, which is replacing all of your lights with LEDs. And again, longtime listeners know, you know, Tim, you did this in your house. I forget the count. You had sixty something bulbs that you replaced. Um, but you know these these bulbs, they've come down significantly in price. These are not the old compact fluorescents that kind of flicker and have a weird light on them. They're really nice. They're dimmable. They last a long time. They save a ton of money energy so check them out next time you need to replace a bulb in your house
0: well those are great hints and i'll just remind everyone since you know since i'm the host of the show that the creator of the earth is worth recognizing as well he's made uh, a fantastic planet and we need to be responsible and care for it as much as we possibly can hey casey coming up in the next segment tiffany Callaway Farrell of atlanta gaslight is going to be on she is an African-American female executive with AGL. She's doing a f- fantastic job, and I think everybody's going to just be fascinated to hear some of the things that AGL is planning for the future. It's going to be really neat as we, uh, as we see more renewable natural gas, as we see more hydrogen injected into the system. There's a lot of cool things coming along. So stick around. I'll be right back with Tiffany Calloway-Farrell. This is Tim Eccles.
2: You're listening to Energy Matters. Energy Matters would like to thank Gas South for its support of the show. Gas South has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. Gas South, the difference is good.
4: Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at gassouth.com. GasSouth, The difference is good.
2: Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC.
0: But how? We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. I'm Tim Eccles. I'm just down the street from our announcers' place, Scott Slade, over at WSB. I'm at Peachtree Place at AGL headquarters with Tiffany Calloway Farrell, the VP of Operations for AGL
1: and Chattanooga Gas. How's it going? Oh, Tim, it's going wonderful. It's great. And thanks so much for having us on today. And I will say this, um, our, our, our employees on our frontline employees, they have never stopped serving our customers throughout the entire pandemic. Uh, they've suited up and they still go in homes and make sure that our customers receive safe, clean, reliable and affordable natural gas.
0: Did we have a cold winter? I know cold winters. Y'all love cold
1: winters. Was it a cold winter? Was it an average winter? What was
0: it like for you guys?
1: Um, I'll say that it was it was pretty average. Um, we had some cold spells, but it hasn't lasted as long, and that's what we're finding from uh, many of our um, our customers, is that, yeah, it's warmed back up. You know, t- yesterday it was, what, eight, almost 82 degrees. So uh, we're finding that it was not as tough as the winter, uh, but people were home more, so more usage of natural gas. Hey, Tiffany, you and I grew up
0: in Clayton County. You went to Jonesboro High School. I went to North Clayton High School, and my grandfather was a three-term county commissioner in Clayton County. Ed Eccles had just an eighth grade education, and such a hard worker, such a man. I had a great experience down in Clayton County, living first in Morrow, growing up there in Riverdale. So you actually came from Michigan. How did you find Georgia and being a cardinal down at Jonesboro High School?
1: Uh, Well, my mom actually came down to work and uh, she was doing restaurant management. And so actually I came down and uh, when I was in 10th grade and I have been here ever since. So like I say, I'm a Georgia peach. Wasn't grown here. I was flown here. But excited to be here in Georgia and loved Clayton County and growing up there.
0: I love that. I wound up going off to the University of Georgia. I'm not going to tell what a horrible SAT score that I had. Let's just say that I could not get in today. I do have three degrees from there. But you matriculated from Vanderbilt. You went to Nashville. How was it up there in country music and uh, gospel capital of the U.S.?
1: Uh, it was fantastic. Um, and I tell people I still love country music t- to this day because of that. Um, and it was it was great. Uh, my background is chemical engineering, so it was great understanding all of that, and you know nobody ever thinks they're going to get grow up to be a, have a career in energy. But uh, Vanderbilt definitely prepared me for that. And Nashville was fantastic. And I went back not too long ago and I said, wow, Nashville has really grown and changed.
0: I'm not a singer. My dad played piano by ear. My brother sang in the choir. Are you uh, being around all that music? Did you were you a singer? Did you really kind of get into it or where were you at on the music scene?
1: Well Tim, you, you probably don't want me to sing, um, but uh, I am a bit of an actress and worked a lot with the theater, so it was weird. I was doing chemical engineering and I was also acting and directing in plays, and I worked for the Vanderbilt newspaper taking pictures. So I, I enjoyed the creativity of Nashville uh, as a part of that, uh, that uh, you know working there. And you know Nashville is the home to, I think, it has one of the largest per capita of universities out of all the major cities.:
0: Wow, you know, chemical engineering and chemistry in general. If we think about all these utility scale batteries that are being built i mean chemistry i think it's going to become a go-to major uh, in the future chemistry and chemical engineering i mean what do you think
1: Um, If you think about it, all of the new things that are coming out across the technology for the energy space, hydrogen, um, even LNG. And at one point in my career, I was the manager for the liquefied natural gas facilities for Atlanta Gaslight. And so all of those things deal with chemistry and how we convert energy into usable, uh, you know, how we uh, uh, convert the the source into usable energy. Yeah, I want to get into
0: some hydrogen later on in the interview. But, I mean, let's just start. And if you're just joining us, Tiffany Calloway here, VP of Operations for AGL and Chattanooga Gas. Tiffany, how does AGL, the company that you work for and serve, how do you guys help? keep natural gas affordable. I mean, we really don't have gas wells here. I mean, we're bringing it in,
1: but you guys have been successful at keeping the price down. Well, if you look at the supply, there's an abundance of natural gas supply. And so we've done really well with making sure we keep those prices low. And and I think that's really important for families. And I think, you know, with all of this great technology, figuring out how we're going to make gas greener, I think one of the things that is most important is making sure that we keep it affordable for all of our customers.
0: Yes. so as as customers kind of finish up the winter heating season now they're going into the summer, many customers still have gas hot water heating systems or maybe a, a gas stove where they're cooking cooking on. But as you think about things that they might do in the off season to get ready for the next heating season to save money, what are some of the tips that you would normally tell folks?
1: Well, and, and I'll start with this, Tim. So, um, I, And I have to give all credit to my husband. Uh, so, um, you know, my name is Tiffany Cowley Farrell. And so he's my Farrell in that, in that equation. And he is so good about making sure that when it's time for our home to really change over um, you know changing out your air filters in your your heating system Um, we do it when we change the clocks and so he does it every single year those are things that can help weather stripping is extremely important you don't know how much energy you lose out of your home if you haven't made sure all of those cracks are sealed Um, you know and then there's things that we have to teach our family and skills like take shorter showers we have two. we have a teenager an adult son and uh, they don't know how to kind of limit the showers. So that's important to make sure that your family is, everyone gets to take a part in energy conservation um, and making sure that you can still live comfortably, but you can also make sure that you are are keeping your home um, co- proficient and make sure you're reducing your energy cost.
0: I've been a huge natural gas fan and an apologist for cheap natural gas, natural gas manufacturing. In fact, I had a natural gas car myself that I arrived at the commission with in 1980 honda civic that was dedicated to cng i've really worked hard to help both individuals and small businesses understand the benefit of natural gas i mean we're seeing more and more trucking companies even big ships other things using natural gas i mean do you do you see a bright future for natural gas in transportation
1: You know, I I really do. And, you know, Tim, and I'll say I'll say this. I I, when I listen to some of your old podcasts, I really think you are an energy evangelist um, and you have really made sure that, you know, your role at the commission, but even your personal, um, you know, just your personal mantra around that is is just outstanding. And I will say that um, natural gas is a foundational fuel it will be here. I mean, if you think about what natural gas has done since 1990, I think we've been able to reduce uh, emissions and all of those things, and also the cost of energy for customers um, by over 66%. So, it's amazing to look at those things and understand that, and I think it will, it will continue to be good. We already do a lot with fleet and commercial customers, uh, poultry farms, all of those things are already some of our biggest customers, and it will only continue to be that fine foundational fuel that would help other parts of the energy sector to really make sure that we are, uh, you know, carbon free and net zero and, you know, by 2050. So we are really working towards that. And I think natural gas is that foundational fuel to be able to do that.
0: Growing up in Clayton County, our family, my extended family lived, you know, in that Forest Park, Morrow, Riverdale area. But we had a business up in southwest Atlanta. We had a car auction and this car auction Cars would come through and they would be running, right? And we had this little exhaust fan in the top of the kind of a cupola at the top of the, of the auction barn. But I always got headaches because I was breathing carbon monoxide. But what folks, I don't, I don't know that they realize this, but when you go into a Home Depot or a Lowe's and that forklift is running on methane or propane, I mean, there's a reason they can run that inside the building because it just doesn't have the emissions that, you know, that a liquid fuel uh, would have. I mean, it's one of the I think there's a lot of misunderstanding
1: around methane and just how clean it is. Yeah, if you think about methane and how clean it is, um, and natural gas in general, I mean, that is, I mean, literally, if you think about a lot of the uh, electric space, they have converted a lot of their generation to natural gas because of that. And it has helped reduce the carbon footprint already across not only our customers, but also those producers who use natural gas to produce other forms of of energy.
0: You know, we were talking about rebates, and forever uh, I tried to get the gas companies some rebates that they could offer so they could compete with the electric companies who were getting the rebate. I felt like it was unfair, and we finally got some of those. Are you seeing a lot of customers take advantage of the rebates that are available?
1: Yes, we are. We we have just introduced some new rebates, um, and they are for both business and for cust- residential customers. And these rebates can be found at atlantagaslight.com, and they are constantly out there. We're that. But people can get uh, rebates on just changing out your natural gas dryer. I mean, it's a $200 rebate for residential customers. So if, you, if you're if you looking at your appliances and Tim, that's another way customers can really start to uh, save money and, and re- reduce their energy cost is if you have older appliances that aren't Energy Star rated that aren't efficient, um, this is a great opportunity to change those out. And those rebates um, are really, they're on every single appliance uh, you know, he- tankless, hot water heaters things like that so all of those things are important and if you use our rebates they will help you to you know with initial upfront costs but also long-term long-term energy cost
0: hey just in our last uh, minute i just want to say a word about the commitment you guys have made to help fund organizations that provide low income home energy assistance just kudos to you for doing that i know that's really important to you
1: yeah, it's really important to us as a company, me personally, um, but energy assistance, um, appliance relief through United Way, Saint DePaul, Heat, uh, LIHEAP is a huge one, and that is low-income home energy assistance program. All of those are available, and we have all of those at our website, or you can call our, you know, call into uh, your marketer. We are partnering with our marketers to make sure that customers that have been impacted by COVID, that have been impacted by job loss, that have just been impacted have availability to find ways and avenues to help reduce their energy cost.
0: Well, thanks for your leadership, for all you do, for being on Energy Matters today. God bless you.
1: Thank you so much, Tim, for having me. We appreciate it. Hey, stick around. We'll be right back.
0: I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Chemicals for Marlin Gas Services. As the port continues to grow, more and more trucking companies are using natural gas in their trucks instead of diesel. Marlin Gas Services is helping to usher in this clean opportunity. With their specialized rigs, they create virtual pipelines with all the equipment and expertise to provide reliable, clean natural gas. Marlin Gas is the company that gas utilities, pipeline companies, and industrial facilities turn to. See MarlinGas.com for more
3: information. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales.
2: COVID-19 has changed everything, even buying a car. BMW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, not only sanitizes every car, but you can buy it online and they'll trailer it to your home anywhere in Georgia and surrounding states. They've used electric cars, plug-in hybrids, and traditional hybrids. Check out the inventory at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. They have a three-day loaner period as well if you want to make sure electric works for you. Check them out at ev-hybrid.com. Hey, welcome back to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles
0: here at Pivot Grand Central for all things EV in Atlanta. And I'm here with Todd He Actually went to North Clayton High School, as did I. Todd, welcome to Energy Matters. Glad to be here. Hey, Todd, let's do a quick walk around this new cargo van that lightning has converted from a gas engine to electric lightning out in Colorado. This has a refrigerated unit from belgium on the back with a reefer unit now we're talking about marijuana reefer here what what is a reefer tell tell our audience so all a reefer is is a a cooling system that'll take
5: ambient air and drop the temperature so from you know 70 degrees 80 degrees down to 32 degrees zero degrees whatever you want to you know haul inside the the van
0: yeah so this van has dual rear wheels and I mean, is this something like an ice cream company would use, or uh, something like a, a, a company hauling meat or seafood? Any I mean, of
5: any of those. So you just spec it accordingly. And so this one's actually going to a Mills on Wheels uh, distributor in Oregon. So it got shipped from Colorado to us, and then we did the upfit, the integration for the cooling system and the refrigeration, and then it's going to go back on a truck and go all the way back
0: to oregon where it's going to deliver meals for its whole life okay so you brought it up from fayetteville we're in atlanta now southwest atlanta in an opportunity zone over here where pivot is Uh, i don't know if our audience can hear this this unit but this is what's cooling it and this is where the magic happens but i mean why did you have to go all the way to belgium to get the body why is this such a superior body for holding in Uh, Coolness. Yeah, so the Europeans,
5: especially the Belgians, have been working with this type of foams since after World War II, and they are the best at making these type of composite components. You can't get them in the U.S. And so we started importing them about six or seven years ago, and we're the U.S. distributor for this company. And so um, our business has really grown because of the thermal efficiency of this product allows us to do things like this that other companies can't do?
0: Yeah, so President Biden and his administration, they've put a huge emphasis on electric vehicles, and we just recently had uh, SK Innovations and LG come to an agreement over over the battery dispute that they had the Ford F-150 and VW batteries that are going to be built up in commerce. And what I've been saying, so, you know, all along is that the, the U.S., particularly Georgia, needs to be a part of this supply chain for electric vehicles. And, I mean, the fact that you guys are taking these Ford chassis, you're, you're taking out the gas engine, you're putting in an electric motor, you're making it into a fully electric vehicle. I mean, how cool is that? Very cool. I mean, I never really thought I'd see it in my lifetime. And it's come on us very
5: quickly. So uh, I think it's here to say, I, I, I would say I was a skeptic and I'm not anymore. I think the whole, uh, especially small
0: truck, is going to go electric. The economics make a lot more sense. Hey, I'm going to post a photo, uh, several photos of this vehicle on Matters Radio Twitter feed as well as at Tim Echols, So you. You check it out. Let me me ask you, I mean, the challenge of taking a gas engine out and and putting an electric motor in. I mean, what were some of the things, the tricky things that you guys had to get right to make this work? Well, that would be Lightning Motors who does the integration, but it, it is a
5: huge undertaking. And it's taken these company years to figure out how to do this. And so I think once Ford comes out with its OEM electric version, you're going to see Um, this proliferation of vehicle really accelerate. Because once the OEMs like GM and Ford start doing it, it's really going to take off. But it's a huge undertaking.
0: Todd, here at Pivot, P-I-V-E-T, it's owned by Cox Automotive, which is owned by Cox Enterprises. They also own the Atlanta Journal, the Atlanta Constitution. But here at this facility, all the Amazon vans that come in are prepared and rented out to drivers. And eventually, Amazon will have, I'm told by their sustainability director, 50 electric vans like this at every distribution center, which is gonna add about five megawatts of load to every facility. Do you anticipate commercial customers being willing to pay a little bit more to have a fully electric vehicle like this? Will the incentives be there, you think? What's gonna motivate them to do it? Fuel cost. So
5: it'll be fuel costs. It'll also be environmental
0: reasons.
5: I think you'll see your big companies like your Amazons and your Walmarts and your Kroger's and and those guys jump on it first. And then I think once the technology gets out there and, and the prices start coming down, it really makes economic sense when you're not putting fuel in it. And so just the you know the impact that governments can make by saying okay you can only have so much CO2 emission if you can't cap and trade it like California's doing
0: you're going to have to go to a vehicle like this in fact California's going to mandate it I think by 2030 Todd in Europe there's a lot of European cities that want to ban internal combustion engines on the city center Uh, And so, that's why you see a lot of German manufacturers making plug-in hybrids that allow you to just press a button and run on electric so that you can be in compliance when you're in the city center. And then you've got all the horsepower when you get back on the Audubon or out on on the highway. Do you anticipate Europe being a pretty big market for these vehicles? So I was in Europe in 2018 at the uh, IAA convention, and it's the
5: biggest uh, industrial convention in the world and even in 2018, they already were displaying tons of electric EV solutions. So for example, in Belgium, where these kits come from, uh, many of the cities have already banned uh, diesel vehicles in the city centers like you're talking about. So you can only come in with an EV solution. So they're already doing that.
0: Let's walk around to the, to the front of this vehicle. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, I'm out here, Energy Matters on the road, with Todd Colley, we're looking at this lightning cargo van that has uh, that has a, um, I guess a refrigeration unit on it, and we're here at Pivot looking at this. Pivot is the Cox Automotive facility for all things electric, and you know. Todd, as we open this up, I mean, we're seeing just the typical, and I'll put a photo on our Twitter handle, we're seeing just a a typical van with two seats in it, obviously, this is brand new, but these things also have solar panels on the top, kind of just glued to the top of this unit. How does the solar benefit this vehicle? Okay, so the
5: solar is only helping recharge the batteries that run the refrigeration system. So they're going to add about 30% um, of a charge back to the batteries when when the sun's out. So, lithium batteries actually like to be charged slowly, and so that's what solar panels do. So, they actually will run better, last longer if you put solar
0: on the vehicle. So, we add solar to all of them. So... Essentially, these batteries are getting trickle charged by the solar on top. So, uh, I mean, obviously parking out in the sun impacts the thermos effect or the refrigeration aspect of it. Is it better to park this building inside a garage or park it outside if you've got stuff on the inside and you're trying to keep it cool? Uh, so if you wanted to run the unit and you're going to run it off electric,
5: it's better to park it outside so you can get the this, this solar effect. It makes a huge
0: difference. So I would say park it outside. What's ahead for you and the company as you market it? I mean, you're talking to you're talking to people. You've obviously got a crowd down here today. Georgia Powers here, uh, you know. Cox Automotive is here. I'm here. The EV Club of the South is here. We're very excited about seeing these vehicles because as these vehicles are trickled out, you know, like you know, uh, like big buses and school buses and. And, and, and Rivian's and now your van, as these things are coming to the market, it's more and more and more that's getting electrified. Oh, yeah. It's all going to happen.
5: I think um, as, an, as an automotive company, they can't have a dual track. It's going to be really difficult. They're either going to have to decide to go electric or, or keep going with uh, petroleum-based engines. And most of these companies have decided to go electric. And so I think you're going to see both for a while. But I would say within five years, you're going to see electrics
0: predominantly, you know, dominating the marketplace. During the Masters, we saw Mercedes advertising their electric vehicles and, and how they will only have electric vehicles. And Todd, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you've been to Germany and ridden on the Autobahn, but Germans like to change gears and they like to drive really fast. So it, it's, it's hard for me to believe that Germans will give up manual transmissions because I mean they love them and and they're the best in the world at making them but I guess it's going to happen
5: absolutely and if you go to Europe you'll see Teslas everywhere and so for Europeans they're much more environmentally conscious than we are and whether EVs are more environmental who knows but they are for now and um they're going to keep buying them and, and the government's over. They're going to mandate they have to have them. So, you know, if Volvo and, and, and all these companies quit making diesel or gas engines, you're going to have to buy electric.
0: Yeah. I, I really see things moving here in the U.S. with, you know, I drive a Chevy Volt and GM has been a leader with the Volt and the Bolt. And, uh, and we're going to see a Silverado coming, obviously, here at Cox Automotive. There's a lot of Teslas back there on the back lot. There's a lot of Chevy Bolts that Lyft is running. So it does seem like the economy's moving in that direction. Hey, how can folks, just in our last 30 seconds, how can folks get in touch with your company if they want to find out more?
5: yeah so the name of the company's emerald transportation solutions we're in Fayetteville, georgia um you can you can reach me at t at the reefer so not reefer you smoke but reefer that you would
0: refrigerate with yeah one more time on the email so t at the reefer com. and we'll post that on our website hey todd Great getting to know you. You graduate, you, you came to school right after I graduated. So appreciate you being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome anytime. This is Tim Eccles. You've been listening to Energy Matters on the Road. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See
2: more by clicking ProjectShareInfo.com. And thank you.
0: Hey, this is Tim Eccles. We talk all the time on Energy Matters about buying a used EV instead of a new one. Let someone else pay the depreciation. BMVW Auto Sales, one of our show sponsors, can fix you up. Go to their website at ev-hybrid.com to see the ever-changing inventory. BMVW has every brand, every type of EV, and they'll even let you test drive it for three days, show you how to charge it, and drive it for maximum performance. That's ev-hybrid.com. ev-hybrid.com.
2: This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and, of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. Hey, welcome back
0: to Energy Matters. Tim Eccles here in Port Wentworth at the Port Fuel Center. I've talked about this, and you hear Marlin Gas advertised on our show, and this is going to be a really incredible facility here with the developer and owner, Sean Register. Sean, how's it
4: going? It is going well. We're uh, basically almost right on schedule. We should be finished and completed and open August 5th. So, you know, as we look at this
0: site, and I'm on site here with you today, and I'm kind of celebrating Earth Day here in Savannah, promoting natural gas, energy efficiency, some simple things people can do that they often take for granted. We're in this big building. I guess, is this the the store, the restaurant? Tell me what, what's going to be in this facility. It's kind of fronting U.S. 21 as
4: well. Correct. Right. This store is about 9,150 square feet, and it's going to offer amenities that truckers have never experienced. Uh, We're going to have a kitchen over here that will have fresh food 24-7. We have oversized restrooms for the drivers. We have three showers. Um, It's just going to be state of the art, and uh, we look forward to giving them a little extra special service and uh, Southern hospitality. And it's very exciting. And we've already got many clients already signed up and more coming. Hey, let's walk over here towards the the shower area. And you know,
0: I think truckers are underappreciated in our country. And and as we are here in Savannah, near the port, um, I mean, you can see the cranes from your property. Tell me how how it works a truck a truck is he going to fuel going in coming out what 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 do you expect in terms of traffic
4: we're we're expecting a lot of traffic the port here is the largest container terminal in north america it's the third largest container terminal in, in volume uh the gpa has just done fantastic things they just ordered eight more new container cranes they're going to be spending 300 million on increasing their infrastructure they're right now this month they were 48 percent ahead of what they were this same time last year for that month it's exponential growth and we built this place very large because we anticipate that growth you know they're going to be about five million containers by year-end handled in 2028 they're going to probably be eight and a half to nine million containers so we have 18 acres here and we're developing 16 of it. We have two acres of wetlands and we're just leaving those alone. And uh, it's it's gonna be extraordinary and we welcome anybody to come see it. Uh, we're gonna offer certain things. We're gonna have monitors that will show that driver the stacking at the interchange gates real time. So when he goes to leave here, he can say, well, I'm going to not go to eight, it's backed up. I'm going to go over to six. So he'll be able to see that, make his life a little easier. We're going to have an outdoor hand wash station. And I tell the drivers about it, and sometimes they don't need to go to the restroom, but they just only need to wash their hands. Well, they have a choice of going to the regular men's room to do that, or ladies, or they can do it out back where we have a stainless steel that'll be controlled and and what have you. We're also going to have, I love that Chick-fil-A, theory, we're going to have attendants at the lanes that they can place their order with that tablet. There won't be a line twice around the building like Chick-fil-A, but it's speed of service. It's giving them something that they've never been accustomed to so they can get in here, use the facilities, get something to eat, get fuel, and get back to that port to make another turn. And that, the speed of service will equate more revenue for them per day.
0: So on this, uh, on this side of the property, uh, I guess as I look, uh, I don't know if it's west or east or uh, this, this is west. on the west side of the property, you're going to have some compressed natural gas pumps. And, you know, for 10 years, I have been promoting compressed natural gas. And to see your facility come up here is just a dream come true. Why were you so committed to doing compressed natural gas?
4: I just think it's, it's one of the cleanest fuels that, that can burn. And You know you now you you have you know natural gas fuel trucks whether it's cng or lng we think cng is the best fit for these drayage trucks they don't go that long but they make multiple trips per day and then also you have these even electric hybrids that have a combination of electric and natural gas. So uh, we've reached out to a lot of the OEMs. Uh, they're gonna be bringing some of these units for the people to try and see. So it, at least we're very proud that we're gonna be part of that. So
0: I'm trying to help you with some of this make ready for electric chargers. So uh, I mean, if, if we can pull that off and you can get chargers here, this would be you know probably the most unique fueling center in the entire
4: state of Georgia. I agree with you. We have set aside 12 of our uh, big rig parking spots. We're gonna go ahead and put in the infrastructure for electric charging and we have another 25 for automobiles or small vans. And very close by to us is Amazon. They're right around the corner, less than a half a mile away. And we've had discussions with them also. I was talking to
0: one of the sustainability directors at Amazon recently. And he told me that each Amazon location would be adding 50 electric delivery trucks, increasing their electric load overnight by five megawatts. So I, I do think it's coming. But if those Amazon trucks don't want to wait in line or they can't get charged over there at the facility or it hasn't been built yet, we're going to have your place right here.
4: It's right here. I mean, it's it's a stone's throw. And I think out of that facility, I, I'm, I'm don't quote me this, be 100%, but I believe there's 400 vans that come out of this facility.
0: Yeah, We're actually quoting you on the radio, so you're in That's big far. trouble. That's hey, far. tell me about the partners you have with Gas South and Marlin and Chesapeake Utilities and and what they have done to help you with this project.
4: Marlin is a first-class the volume-wise. So it, it makes sense. They, they've been a great, I call them a partner they're a tenant of ours and they're building that first class uh, cng station and uh it's going to be something to see and from what i gather what we've heard it'll be the largest cng compression station on the whole eastern seaboard of the united states wow
0: that's incredible i was at that long beach port way back in 2010 and i i saw them fueling with that liquefied natural gas and that compressed natural gas and i thought man can we do this in Georgia? And here we are, 11 years later, and and we're finally getting this done. Let me ask you about drayage truck drivers. And the uh, you know for our listeners, I'm talking to Sean Register. We're at the Port Fuel Center. We're in Port Wentworth, and we're talking about about these trucks and you've got different kind of describe for our audience the different type of trucks that are here the jockey trucks the drayage trucks the over the road trucks uh and 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 what the profile is like on that that type of
4: truck and maybe that type of driver okay a listen let's start first with the yard jockeys the yard jockey is basically has a hydraulic fifth wheel it's usually one axle in the rear And those are used to move around containers within a port terminal. Uh, They're also used at warehouses for spotting trailers or containers. Uh, Very small, nimble, maximum speeds, about 35 miles an hour. It's a single person cab. Um, and they're different manufacturers. We have one uh, that just over the bridge in South Carolina that makes them. But those, uh, United Parcel Service has gone to natural gas on those. They've ordered CNG and LNG and doing very, very well with them. So those, those are yard jockeys. A dray truck is basically a truck to pull containers in and out of a port. So you see this big distribution center being built. Dray trucks will feed that. They'll either bring inbound loads of containers, take the cargo out of them, and then they'll take the empty back or vice versa. They might load an export order there, take it. Those are normally day cab trucks. They don't have sleepers, but some of them do have sleepers. It's because the driver possibly bought a used truck they're not really long haul now a drayage will go to atlanta let's say but a drayage will not go on to chicago or anything like that drayage normally means in this specific area savannah we have about 80 million square feet of warehouse space combination distribution centers there's another nine to ten million under construction already and that's already been accounted for so at the rate we're going there's going to be a lot more drayage trucks The port currently is handling about fourteen thousand truck moves per day. When that's that number is gonna just keep going. And and we're four tenths of a mile from the closest Container Gate for Georgia Port Authority, Container Gate 8. As we wrap up, I wanted to ask you
0: about this land. I mean, this land, you were telling me some stories about how you've been coming to this land for a long time. Tell me the the short Reader's Digest version of that story.
4: Well, when I was a little kid, my grandfather lived here on this land. He had some vineyards in the back. He was in the nursery business. He was in the poultry business. And he did uh, dump trucks. So from a little tyke, um, I've been com- coming to this land, the road that was in here was named after him, Freeze Road, and the other road was named after my uncle, Danny Road. So the city was gracious enough when we started this, uh, they-, they could give them back to me, since I found the paperwork that showed where he, he put them in. Um, I started, I came up with this idea in 2012. I saw a trucker stop in a Cheetah Lane, and he must have had to go to the restroom pretty bad because he looked like an olympic runner and i saw him get a ticket and a light bulb went off and i said these guys need a place to fuel get food get service so that's when i started it and it took me about six and a half years to go to prayer meetings cook boston butts and we were able to go from four acres that we had to 18 acres so and the the rest is history
0: wow well this is tim Eccles. i'm at the port fuel center in Port Winworth, and I've got a smile on my face because I am really excited about a CNG station and the possibility of thousands of trucks fueling up with clean natural gas. Thanks for being on the show
4: today. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening to Energy Matters. Tune in every week or catch any of our back episodes at WGAUradio.com on demand or anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search for Energy Matters with Commissioner Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Have a great day, everyone. Oh